Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Symptoms of depression can include constant fatigue, low energy, low motivation, anxiety or worry, and feeling sad or guilty. The Destroy Depression Treatment Plan works regardless of your symptoms or age. It is a drug-free, straightforward plan that explains everything you need to know 
about eliminating depression step by step. Destroy Depression helps you dominate your depression. Take back control over your symptoms and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Click the link in the show notes of this episode for access to Destroy Depression. Hey, my beautiful friends, welcome to this quick chat episode. Generational trauma is the traumatic events that have a ripple effect across generations of a family. What happens to one person has a huge impact on their children and the trauma continues to affect generation after generation until somebody sees it and heals it. Today, I'm sharing a quick chat with Nita, who spent much of her childhood feeling unsafe. Nita's mum went through incredible trauma herself, and because Nita's mum abandoned herself, she was never able to connect in with Nita's emotional needs to be seen and heard and understood. And so that self-abandonment was passed down to Nita, who spent a lifetime abandoning herself feeling responsible for her mother's emotions. And as Nita says, they never talked about anything. How can anyone understand how they feel if they never connect in with how they feel? And if we learn to bury everything in the belief it'll just go away, that's an incredibly destructive pattern. When a tiny little girl doesn't feel safe going to her own mum for help, what does she do? We pick this story up as Nita is talking about how her mother realized she had been molested as a tiny girl. The audio quality is a little muffled, but this story is important to hear. But when that w- was discovered, I don't remember how it was discovered. It's, it's like a, I've, I've worked with my therapist on this, but it was like an out of body experience. Like the um, attack happens. And then I, I literally like the memory, I am kind of looking at it from outside of myself, like above myself, and I can see everything that happens, like almost like it's a, a global view of it happening. And then the next memory is sitting on the sofa, cuddled up next to my mom with a great big container of hot chocolate. Now I tell you what, Don, it was the best hot chocolate of my life. I don't know why, but that hot chocolate was the best. And it had like all the gooey whipped cream and marshmallows. I mean, it had everything on it. And I'm curled into my mom in my footed pajamas. I'm maybe six-ish. I wasn't in school yet, so I'm pretty young. And so I know I wasn't seven, so I had to be like five or six, I think six. So I'm cuddled into my mom. I've got my knees up to my chest with that cocoa. And I'm happy. I remember this. I'm happy and safe, right? I look at my mom and my mom has tears just streaming down her face. She is just crying and she is trying so hard not to, you know, let me see her cry, but she is just destroyed. She is destroyed. And, and we never talked about that sexual abuse. To this day, I am 51 years old. And it's not something I will ever talk to my mom about. There, I did. I got no therapy after it. 
you know, there was no reporting of it to like child services or anything like that. I have no idea where that person ended up or if I believe they still lived with us. You know, I, I the fact that, because there was a time frame even where I wondered, did that even happen? But then when I was talking to my therapist and I described the whole thing and she's like, no, that is exactly how people of childhood sexual trauma remember their trauma. And she went through all of these, uh, you know, therapist words and evidences of why I've always like, it's always been in this dreamlike state. And the fact that I never had therapy meant that I just more abandoned myself because I wasn't, there was no, um, no, no result of it, no healing after it. It just happened. And then we, we hit it, we hit it. Right. And then there were these moments through my childhood where like I would, it would say I, um, 15, 16 years old and my parents would go to dinner and I would stay home. And I remember this one particular instance, um, my uncle, my mom knew my uncle was going to stop by. And I still know this uncle. He's a great guy. Um, never anything weird or inappropriate, right? Uh, but he was going to stop by. And for some reason, like I had fallen asleep. I, w- I actually took a nap. Well, my mom comes home and she comes sprinting in to where I'm at. So I'm totally asleep. She comes sprinting into where I'm at, wakes me up, like shakes me awake. And is just questioning me as though my uncle has molested me. And I am in shock. I mean, I'm in so much, like at that point, I'm in like, <gasps> you know, I'm completely just bolted away. I am groggy because I'm asleep. Well, because I'm groggy, she takes that in a completely negative way. And she starts to run with it to the point where I have to literally be like, nothing at all happened what you know like I literally did stand up for myself a teeny bit and ex- like really see there I was going to use the word explain instead of like, like stop it right but there was really there's no reasoning with my mom when she gets she's right she's just right and that has that made for a very very abandoning childhood um and then then on the flip side of it with my dad, I felt very safe with my dad. I like my dad, my mom and dad both taught me lots of stuff, but my dad was my safe teacher. I could screw up with my dad, you know, and, and he was calm and patient, rarely lost his temper. He had to be pushed over the edge to get to those points where he was with my siblings. Um, he, he, he was, he was just safe. He was safe. Um, yeah, there was, there's a new, I'm going to tell you one more story. There was a time when I was about two and a half to three years old. It's one of my earlier memories. I, I got lost. I live out in the country at that time. I lived on the same property that I live on now, but there was none of these houses all over. And, and, uh, I was home with my mom. I think my grandparents were living there and one or two of my brothers was home, but I remember going outside and my mom was cooking in the kitchen. And I remember going outside and I followed a dog and I, I believe that I, I wanted to be away from the house, that I needed to be away from the house. So I'm just a little tiny person and I follow, I take off, I follow this dog. Well, I get far enough away from the house. I'm literally crawling under the brush and now I get tired and I fall asleep. So again, I'm 
tiny little person. And uh, so eventually my mom and my brothers realize I'm missing. So they call my dad who's at work, who's on a graveyard shift of uh, the mill where he worked. So he worked in a lumber mill and he's working the night shift. So she calls him and tells him I'm missing. They're yelling for me. I hear them yelling. It's still like daylight out. And like I woke up, I hear them yelling, but I'm not going to go to them. I don't go to them. Why wouldn't I go to them? Like now as, as a full grown adult going through therapy, I know that I didn't go to them for a reason that day. I remember seeing them. I wasn't playing hide and seek. I, there was nothing in me that was playing a game. Everything in me was like, I'm going to stay right here, buried under the, the brush in the dirt. I'm going to stay right here. And so I hunkered down, curled up, and that's when I fell asleep. I remember hearing them, and then I went to sleep. I'm like, mm, ain't going to happen. Well, they called my dad at work. My dad tells his boss, the whole mill comes out. Everybody who's on the night crew comes out to search for me because I am lost. I mean, they can't find me anywhere. And I don't know exactly, like if I were to think about it, I'm far enough away from my house. I'm not going to find my, my way back easily, right? I'm tiny. And uh, so I hear now by this point, it's starting to edge up on, on later in the day in dark time. What time is he working? He must've been working that late afternoon shift because it was summer, but it wasn't pitch dark. It wasn't dark, dark yet. So anyhow, I remember I'm, I'm now I hear all these scary people. I don't know any of these people. There are people all, all over the mountain yelling my name. And finally I hear my dad yelling my name and he's close. And it, it could make me cry. Like to hear him tell the story, it was like, and here she came under the brush just like a hornet just coming out from under the brush just as fast as she could come and I remember that I remember just flying under and the brush was just a foot off the ground a foot and a half off the ground and I am belly crawling out of there even though I'm small I am like down and just crawling on my belly to get out of there and there's a dog there's one of our dogs that stayed with me and I just crawl out and I just jump into my dad's arms because that was where I know that's where I was asleep and he carried me home and he took me home. And, um, and I remember this feeling, uh, I re and I remember this so clearly, like, I don't know why my mom was so upset. I don't know why she was so upset. How sick is that? How, how sick is that? I am a not even in school child. And I am wondering why is she even upset? I can feel that today. And I am 51 years old, 51 years old. Yeah, my goodness. Oh, there's so much there, isn't there, that um, it's just really so much self-abandonment. But interestingly, when you're sitting on the couch with your mum and she's got tears rolling down her face and you, you can sort of sense what's going on in that household and yet at no point does she really change her way of dealing with anything because by the time you're... 15 she's still berating you for having feelings yeah isn't she completely yeah um so it's like your whole life you can be screaming in some way that this is this is not working for you in your life you can be screaming it in so many different ways 
and yet the people that are supposed to be caring for you just can't hear it. They're just unable to change the way that they're doing things and they're just almost on autopilot and they just can't see the crisis all around them, can they? They can't at all. And, and I used to, and I remember my first, I don't know, three weeks in therapy, my therapist saying, um, I would go in and I would talk about these different things. We haven't gotten like that deep uh, yet, <laughs> but um, I would go in and I would talk about whatever, you know, the first three words were, I don't even remember at this point, but I remember her saying, I'm going to stop you right there. So you keep telling me, well, your mom does this, but you understand it because her, well, her childhood was X, Y, Z. Like she had a very, very chaotic and abusive childhood. You keep excusing behavior because of her experiences instead of you saying, I'm not responsible for her experiences. So here I was at 50 years old. It was the first time in my life that somebody had ever said to me, you're not responsible for your mom's feelings, for your mom's childhood, for your mom not feeling. That was the first time in my life that I had not, that I had the idea that I wasn't responsible for anybody's emotional self except for my own, right? That was, to me, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I couldn't even quite comprehend what she was saying. And, um, you know, because I've always parked, well, she gets to act however she was because her, her childhood was, I mean, honestly, it was, it would make a great movie. But then you know what? So would mine. So would yours. So would that person and that person and that person, right? Mm, it yeah. is, it, it, it's just, if you're not going to heal through it, you're going to turn around and you're going to bleed all over everybody else around you. And you're going to push them into spaces where they have to be self-abandoning or chaotic or, 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 right? All of the step-siblings of mine had been abandoned by a mother, had a father who was trying his absolute best, but then had a stepmother in absolute chaos who wasn't that much older than them. She and my dad were 15 years apart in age. So she had a 12 year old child and she's like 20. You know, the oldest, the oldest sibling was 12. She didn't stand a chance. She didn't stand yeah. a chance with those step siblings. And unfortunately those step siblings, you know, like the oldest one, she died of drug overdose, a drug overdose years ago, years and years ago, her path, her path just went into pain and, and, and all three of the oldest step siblings, their path went into severe pain. Their lives have just were just chaos, just <sighs> chaos. The two oldest have passed away. One brother, he's, he's just had a life of chaos. He lives a long ways away from here. But myself and the youngest of those siblings, we have um, really worked hard through therapy, mine more recent, um, but we've worked really hard to write those individual lacking so that we're no longer there. Yeah. It was a brave thing. Like, like when my therapist said that, I was like, oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. I am totally responsible for her feelings. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love those light bulb moments though. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what age we get to. How come it in nobody has told me this yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.